Greece and Rome. Ignoring the insults, the woman begins walking forward, an executioner on each side of her. The legs of her orange jumpsuit rub together, and the metal chains on her ankles clink. A small step follows another, then another. She lifts her sandaled foot off the pavement and steps onto the dead grass. Holding her head high and her shoulders back, she makes her way toward the bloodthirsty beast that sits in the middle of the courtyard, its metal blade beckoning its next victim. How brave she is, Brock thinks. If she's afraid, she doesn't show it. Peter! 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 A shirtless man, wearing cut-off jeans, and a full-body tattoo of a cobra begins chanting and clapping, trying to rouse the crowd. His stomach is yellow, and olive-green scales with yellow crossbands run down the length of his back and down his legs. Brock's nose wrinkles in disgust when he notices the man's tongue has been surgically modified and is forked like a snake. What a freak! With his hands cuffed in front of him, Brock brushes the trickle of sweat off his brow with his arm. His face is rugged and pleasing in appearance, with a strong, wide jaw and straight nose. His once professionally styled wavy black hair is now matted and mingled with sweat. The orange uniform shows off his strong physique from the countless hours of working out. Peter! 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 People wave small World Union flags and hold handmade posters and signs. A black-haired, gothic-style girl waves a poster high over her head. Behead those who insult Lord Maitreus. Peter! 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 Peter Roma. Brock recalls the man who fulfilled St. Malachi's prophecy— the man who would reign and feed his flock until the seven-hilled city would be destroyed. He reflects on how shocked and appalled he was when Peter Roma announced to the world that he was Jesus, but not the Christ. That he'd come to prepare the way for the Christ. He claimed that he had ascended with a new body, therefore erasing his scars from his death and resurrection, and was in his final incarnation as Petrus Romanus the master of wisdom. That's Lorraine. A prisoner interrupts Brock's thoughts. She didn't say one word at her trial. Brock turns toward the man. His tawny blonde hair is woven with gray and pulled back into a ponytail. He looks familiar, but Brock can't place him. Oh, Brock replies in a sullen, monotone voice. All she did was sit there and look at the prosecutor with the blank stare. The judge was so irritated with her, he told her she would waste no more of the court's time and sentenced her to death by decapitation. I'm so sorry for her. Brock tightens his lips and shakes his head. By the way, the man says, extending his shackled hand, my name's Jesse. Brock notices a red, jagged scar above Jesse's brow as he accepts his friendly grip. I'm Brock. Yeah, I know. An uncomfortable feeling sweeps over Brock. He wonders if Jesse witnessed his humiliating court trial or if he knew him from reporting the news. At 33 years old, 
Brock Summers was one of the top reporters at Channel 13 News in Los Angeles, California, the affiliate station of WNN, World News Network. Since his early teens, Brock loved to write and was hooked on the news, reading blogs and watching reports from around the world. With much encouragement from his Aunt Millie, he decided to go into journalism after watching a film about two reporters who broke the biggest story of the 1970s, the Watergate scandal. It was originally a small story, but because these two men pursued the facts, it brought down a president. That was a huge accomplishment in Brock's eyes, stirring within him the desire to find the facts and expose them through investigative journalism. After a few years of college, Brock worked as a writer, then a radio reporter, and later an intern at a news station. One day they were shorthanded and needed someone to do a simple interview. Brock jumped at the chance.